is the number one commodity in the world that you can't get back once it's gone. Time. So I will keep this brief. I'm Muthita Panmuk, a time efficiency expert and a business operations strategist, who is as known as the Time Queen. Welcome to my Get Unstuck Radio. Running a business can be very overwhelming at times, especially in the first few years when you are required to wear the hats and do other things. You started your company because you had a vision that almost every business owner has when they begin. You wanted freedom, true freedom. So you are in the right place to help you build and grow your business that support your lifestyle. Not the other way around. Without further ado, let's get unstuck. Hi everyone. So today in Get Unstuck Radio, please welcome Chris Richards with me, and he is my set mentor for Six Figure Entrepreneur. Not the same as other my set mentor. So we will figure it out today. Thank you for joining me today, Chris. Thank you very much for having me. It's a pleasure. Yeah. And this is episode 100, so there will be something special, right? Oh, absolutely! Well, I hope so. I hope so. So, um, for anyone who never known you before, um, who you are when you were younger until you get into the entrepreneurial journey. Oh wow! Um, okay, so let's see. I, I joined the military at age 15. Uh, I spent 15 years in the military. And uh, that kind of came uh, to an end around uh, doing a lot of criminal intelligence work and um, military policing, uh, a lot of that kind of stuff, really kind of understanding human behavior and being able to get what you need the other person to do fairly, fairly easily and without a fight. Um, as for childhood, you've kind of threw me with that one. Um, I grew up with, uh, found out many, many years later, uh, quite a lot of childhood trauma. Um, despite the best efforts of my parents, um, uh, I, I had quite a lot of, of trauma uh, that, that I had to deal with later on in life. And honestly, it's been the journey as I've grown and as I've worked through that, um, from the military and then into project management and then into corporate leadership and then from corporate leadership into entrepreneurial and business world um, where I've held events, a thousand people events for, you know, with Les Brown and, and other big names. Um, and then now, as you quite rightly said, uh, being a mindset mentor for six-figure entrepreneurs, the whole thing has been honestly a, a, an extension of my personal journey uh, more than anything else, because as I've grown, and I think anyone listening would, would agree as, as somebody grows uh, as an entrepreneur, they tend to become an, a much greater healer for other people and a much greater service provider for other people. Yeah. Sorry. I was no, that's, that's okay. So, so yeah, that's, that's in a nutshell, a little bit of my background. Um, what else would you like to know? Uh-huh. So, oh, I realized that my microphone is not connected, but that's okay. So in that case, um, what's inspired you to get to the entrepreneurial journey, actually? Like, you just told that um, 
from the military side. Actually, both of my parents are military officers. <laughs> and until you get into the corporate, and then right now you're an entrepreneur yourself. Like, what mm. changed you? How, what makes the decision for you to change the career? Oh, wow. Um, well, my mindset when leaving the military was fairly fixed. Um, I don't mind saying my, my highest aspiration then was to be a, you know, a hundred thousand, uh, a year project manager. Uh, that, that was about the, the, the highest of my, my aspirations at the time, because I was doing what many people do and, and, uh, and focusing on what I was doing rather than who I was as a human being, as a person. Uh, and I knew I could do project management very well. I knew I could understand and, and influence and, and help people um, to become more efficient, more effective. And that to me just felt like project management, uh, maybe a bit of corporate leadership as well, which is the other thing I did. It wasn't until I started going to uh, like Tony Robbins events, uh, you know, T. Harvecker events. I think they, they were the ones that really kicked it off for me. The UPW with Tony Robbins and the Millionaire Mindset with T. Harvecker. I, I distinctly remember those were the first two big events that I went to. And after that, it, it, there was no one big moment. Um, it was just lots and lots and lots of micro decisions, micro progressions. Um, and it's like uh, the late Steve Jobs said, you can't uh, connect the dots moving forward. You can only connect them when you look back. Um, and although I can look back and say, oh, it makes sense that I would end up where I am now. Uh, back then, I had no idea. And chances are, even me now, thinking about who I'm going to be in the future, what I'm going to achieve in the future, I probably have no idea what's going to happen. Uh, I, I may look back on this interview and, and laugh, go, ha, he thought he had it all figured out. What an idiot. Um, and I'm okay with that. And, and that's the difference. I'm okay with it. And a lot of entrepreneurs aren't. A lot of entrepreneurs get so attached to needing to know the outcome, of needing to have the plan, of needing the steps and the how-to and, and all these different things. They, they miss out uh, a lot of the time. On, on the discovery, on the exploration uh, and exploring those new ideas and, and, and going and trying different things that feel right for them. One of, one of the most common questions I give for people is what kind of millionaire do you want to be? Because we get, they get so, most people get so wrapped up in, com, in comparing themselves to other people, especially big names, that they don't take time to think Okay, but if I were to design my life, what would it look like? And why? So you are are you saying that to move forward is to make decision mm -hmm. from yourself first. Therefore you have to know where you are first. And have you ever came across like your clients or anyone surrounding you not really sure where they are right now in that journey? Oh god yes. Um <laughs> Most of my clients are already established six-figure people. Uh, that being said, there are a lot of times when an entrepreneur who is doing very, very well, um, six figures, seven figures, they're just numbers really uh, when you get down to it, but they'll achieve a level of success and then they'll start feeling dispassionate. They'll start to, uh, they won't feel the motivation they once had. 
Uh, and that's one of the reasons is because a lot of entrepreneurs, when they first start out, they think that even they think they know what they want. And then when they achieve it, it's, it's not what they needed. Or they achieve it, but in achieving it, have grown so far from the, from the person who they believed they were that now their ego is going crazy and it's saying, no, we shouldn't be here. And it starts flaring up all of this imposter syndrome and things. Um, and one of the symptoms of that is a lack of passion, a lack of motivation, uh, where the body literally syringes the motivation out of you. Uh, and all you know is that you're not really focusing and you're very easily distracted and that kind of thing. Um, but I, I, I have intentions. I have an intention of creating something. I try as much as I can to detach from how I'm going to do it. I think that that'd be the answer to the question for me personally. Mm-hmm. So you, you said that you de- you're trying to detach from how you're going to make it. And what about the outcome? The outcome, people trip over the outcomes when they, when the outcome proves something about them. Mm. You know, it, if I, if I make six figures, it'll mean something to me. It will prove that I am successful. Or if I, or if I fail to make six figures, it will prove that I never should have started. And actually this is, this is a complete waste of time. Um, or rather one of my personal favorites predicting that a certain outcome is going to happen and then kind of going, Oh, well, I know it's going to happen that way. So I've already got my answer when actually they haven't done the work, they haven't followed through and they haven't actually achieved the thing. Um, And so a lot of that is very much in their own imagination uh, and people can get very stuck doing that. So yeah, any kind of attachment to outcome is is usually ends badly, especially if it's attached directly to money. Um, People who go directly after money are eight times more likely to, uh, to do unethical or uh, immoral kind of acts and behaviors in order to get more money. They very much, it's, souls can be easily corrupted, let's just say. Uh, when you go after money, you can forget the actual helping of other people, um, which is a mistake. Notwithstanding that money is important and money does is the measurement of a business's health. Um, and it's the creator of resources and opportunities, which is amazing and wonderful. So I'm certainly not demonizing money either. Does that make sense? Yeah, it, it makes sense. I'm thinking through what you say. So it's like quite delayed, but I, I'm thinking along with what you are telling me currently. So to compare with others, I mean, I'm not to compare with, I apologize, but I mean, from what I have came across from the mindset expert in the industry, they might say that, um, you should start from what is your value. You should start from what you believe in and so on. What is your approach yep. on that? My approach on that is, yes, uh, motivation comes down to your motives, which comes down to your values. What I see too often is people um, thinking uh, and deciding what, they, what their values should be uh, rather than discovering what they actually are. Mm. And so they, they think, oh, I need a big why to change the world and change people's lives. But if they actually did uh, one of many 
value assessments, which I always uh, encourage people to do, uh, a values assessment to find out what truly drives a person. What truly drives them is an individual. Because that's the thing. Um, there is no, I don't believe there's any mindset type program that, that, that any generic program at least, that can help everybody. Because people are wired very, very differently. Um, there'll be very similar processes in place, certain rules, let's say, uh, you know, what a belief is, what a value is, what a story is, you know, certain processes like that remain the same, but how they work together can be extremely different, uh, very, very different. So you say you start with the beliefs and the values. Yes. But a lot of people set out and they try to discover themselves and then stay stuck with that image of themselves. Okay. Now, this is important. I have no issue with people doing the values assessments, personality assessments, um, talent and skill assessments, all wonderful, wonderful things. When I was in the military and doing project management, I had no idea what it was like to be a mindset mentor or a mindset coach. So how could I back then think that's what I want? A lot of the time you only know it's what you want after you actually start doing it. And uh, a lot of people trip over themselves before they ever actually start doing the thing that they dream of doing. And they want to give a try because the idea of failure starts creeping in and the idea of if I fail, then I'll be rejected, abandoned, you know, all the, all the good stuff. When it comes to your identity, which is really the, the, the basis of anyone's behavior, uh, and sorry if I'm a little bit all over the place, I've got a bit of a head cold at the moment, so I'm trying to keep my train of thought. Um, so if you're, if, you're, if you're starting with yourself, um, you really need to start with identity. Mm. Um, but identity is something you first assess, but can then create. You can literally create and redefine your identity. If you're, people think I am, and then think that's a complete sentence. They, or it is a complete sentence, but they think this is who I am, and then I'm done. Okay, and, or they take an they take a, an assessment. They say, oh well, that says I'm an introvert. Well, that says I'm an extrovert. That says I'm intuitive. That says I'm uh, intellectual. Whatever. Your identity is created by your beliefs by your values by your the stories that, that run your life here's the thing you can change your beliefs you can change your values and you can change your stories which means you can change your entire identity from the inside out you can literally become whoever you want you know some people are like oh i'm not I'm, I'm not a very confident person or I, I lack confidence in a certain area or uh, my self-esteem isn't quite where it should be. People essentially have what they, what they deep down subconsciously want when it comes to themselves. And that may sound weird, but let me explain. If you consciously want success, but you're not focusing, you're not doing, taking the action. 
you're not doing whatever it is you know you need to do, then consciously you want those things, but subconsciously, which is the way more powerful, you want safety. You want self-preservation. And so you'll never actually do those things, or it'd be very, very difficult, and you'll feel a lot of resistance as you're doing it, which a lot, a lot of people have. Most people achieve six and seven figures purely out of sheer grit and determination. They're fighting against themselves every day. Um, and it's a bad place to be because you tend to burn out very easily and very repeatedly in cycles you burn out. Um, Oh, told you, I've lost my train of thought. Where was I? Um, identity from subconscious that you can change anything. That's it. So if you can change your beliefs, you can change your values, you can change your stories. It means that whatever you're telling yourself, you know, I want uh, self-preservation. If you can change the belief to be, I am safe no matter what, I am powerful no matter what, and I can do anything, well, then that subconscious need to keep you safe starts to fall away. Mm. And then it, then it makes action a lot easier. So in that case, actually subconscious try to save you, save your security by not encourage you to take action by that? Absolutely. Oh. A lot of people... A lot of people see fear and ego like they're some kind of saboteurs. Like, oh, I try to do these things, but fear and ego keep getting in the way and messing me up. No, fear and ego's job, fear's job is to protect you. That, that's it. It's self-preservation. Mm. Ego's job, the job of the ego is to protect your sense of self. It's to maintain a level of certainty around the I am. Mm. Well, if you're trying to change the beliefs, stories, and values, and the actions in your environment, then you're messing with that, that I am. Mm -hmm. certainty. Mm -hmm. And so ego is going to come up. But what people see it as is this ego is the enemy. Ego is trying to sabotage me. It's a little voice in my head trying to put me off. No, it's not. It's simply doing their, they're simply doing their job, which is to alert you to potential threats. Mm-hmm. Yeah? Now, what a lot of people do is they then listen to those threats and they actually pay attention to them and they attach to them. And when they attach to the threat, they say, oh, if I, if I do a Facebook Live, if I show up online fully as my bold self, you know, people will go off me. People will not like me. People will do this. People will do that. That's the ego. That's the fear. Mm. Listing off the potential risks. Now, it's your job. And it's your responsibility, whether you believe those risks and whether you just take them on and go, okay, thank you for the, for the risk assessment. I'm going to do it anyway. Mm. But if you don't, here's the thing. If you don't acknowledge it, if you try to repress it, then they have to go around your conscious mind and they'll, they'll mess with you in other subconscious ways and physical ways. Um, and, and you'll end up going, oh, I feel really lethargic today. I don't, I don't feel energy. I, I, I feel dispassionate. I feel anxiety. I feel anxious. All these different things. They'll just start messing with you. Um, so you can't repress it. You can't push it away. You have to acknowledge it and then take the, the leadership step, the, 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 the leadership of yourself. If you can imagine 
you being the CEO of your body and mind. And at, the t at your chief board of directors is ego, fear, happiness, anger, sadness. Uh, yeah, they're all sat around. Their job is to give you input. Their job is to give you the messages that they're given from other departments, your mm. nervous system, uh, your senses, everything. Uh, it's their job to go into the archive department and look yeah. at your memories. But they, they're not very smart, some of them, because they'll go into your memory and forget that certain memories were made by a five-year-old. And so other memories were made by a 10-year-old. And then they'll glue them together and go, well, this seems to make sense. Um, so they don't quite get it. They don't realize that certain lessons um, don't apply anymore. They don't get the idea that, you know, a person can come onto a call with me or with another uh, expert and they'll be a different person in a way within an hour. And so anything the, anything the person and the hour before believed or cast into their memory is no longer valid because that was for a different person. We are now dealing with a brand new person. And there's this idea of this constant fluidity of the identity. And when you're detached from needing to be certain of exactly who you are in every possible way, then it's scary at first. It takes some getting used to. And you have to be guided through it. But once you do, you get to this place where you can just surrender and just, you know what? That doesn't prove anything about me. I can decide, you know, when are you, when are you confident of yourself? When is, when is enough? When are you good enough? When you decide to be. It really is. Yeah, I, I mean, I really like the way you explain that as like business department. That's like, very, the picture is very vivid in my mind, like it's really clear. <laughs> I love it. And yeah, that's actually true. So you actually encourage people stop labeling themselves. Oh yeah, and labels just... have to be the first thing to go. They have to be, because if if whatever you add after the words "I am" has some level of control over you, the amount that you believe the "I am" is the amount that you're going to need to hold on to it. Ego is going to say, "Oh, that's important to us. Well, we better hold on to that." And so, and, and the, the slightest things can be dangerous if they're, if the wrong story is attached. Um, mm -hmm. I'll give you an example. If someone has an important belief to be, I am a good person. Yeah. Yeah. And you see, see how fast this turns into nuts. I am a good person who does good things for other people. Yeah. Harmless belief, right? How could that possibly go wrong? Um, if you really, 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 really have to have that to be true all hours, all minutes of every day, it means when it comes time to launch in a program, you better be sure that every single person who buys that program is going to get an amazing result and no one is going to be put back and no one who buys it is going to be worse off, uh, excuse me, worse off, as in they buy it and they don't get as much result. So you've got to be absolutely sure of the what? Of the outcome. 
So needing to be, I am really kind. I am always give great results, amazing results. In business, you can't guarantee that. You just can't. I, I personally, um, you know, the way I describe it is I facilitate the ability for six figure, for under six to become six figure and for six figure people to become millionaires. I will give you the ability, the identity and the, the rituals and the habits that you can do it. Whether you then do is up to you because that's about ownership. That's about decision. Um, but if I were to tie it and say, everyone who comes to me must have the result, then now I am, I'm entwining my identity with theirs, which means I'm going to overstep the mark way more than I, I should. I'm going to be merging myself with their identity. And that, that's unhealthy because I'll be projecting things onto them after that uh, and all kinds of bad things can happen. Mm, makes sense. That's why. That's why I... Okay, that's explained when I felt like I found not the right fit clients and I have to fire them. <laughs> that's how I felt. <laughs> Yeah, well, a lot of the time, a lot of the time, it's it's not the client's fault. A lot of the time, it's not the lead's fault. It's not the prospect's fault. Whatever name you give it, um, you'll be surprised. <sighs> no, different way of saying it. There's a reason why mindset and somatic healing and childhood uh, trauma, childhood development healing, is very, 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 very easy to offer and sell to people who are six figures, multi-six and seven figure people uh, and mm -hmm. businesses. And very, very difficult, I know from personal experience, it's actually very difficult to sell mindset directly without attaching to some business tactic to people under 100,000 a year. Mm -hmm. Very difficult because, excuse me, because the people who are under believe, truly believe that, you know, a sales script, a marketing strategy, uh, a, a whatever, it doesn't really matter, uh, a, a website, a webinar, you know, that'll be the key. That'll be the one thing to change it. That'll, that'll change all my results. Uh, and they're, they're, they're looking for the one thing. They're looking for their big break. Okay. The people who actually succeed know that there are no big breaks, or very rarely. You don't want to. You don't want to hedge your entire career and, and life on the hope that one day you'll get a big break. Okay, yeah, a piece of content will go viral. You know, you can't. You can't manipulate the the universe in that way. It, it won't allow you to. Um, because chances are you're going at it with the wrong motives anyway, so it just won't allow it. And. But the other end, they understand that their day-to-day -day consistency, their day-to-day -day expressiveness, their day-to-day -day energy, how they feel about themselves, how they feel about others, how well they control their boundaries, how well they, you know, these, these things may seem like, um, you know, very high level terms to, to a lot of people who are not at that level. But I guarantee you, 
if, if we have some millionaires listening in or watching this, I guarantee you they'll be nodding and going, yep, 100%. Because, the, like I said, the people who aren't yet making the money they want to make, a lot of the time, it's just because they haven't put enough priority in working on themselves. They still truly believe that it's a webinar that they need. They truly believe it. And, and their ego is whispering, yeah, you're right. You're right. You're totally right. It's a webinar you need. Or maybe your funnel just needs to be done. Or maybe you need a, an email sequence. That's what you need. That's what will do it. But they don't realize that a lot of the time it's the energy they're showing up with. You know, and, they, and, and you can tell somebody showing up who has true confidence in themselves, who truly has love for themselves, who doesn't pin their, um, their self-esteem on the words or actions of other people. You can tell that. You can tell it a long way away. You can tell the people who show up online, like, they genuinely don't give a shit. They don't, they don't care. But then you've got other people who are doing, you know, Facebook lives and, and, and whatever else. And they're, they're still learning tactics and strategies. And they haven't learned to be fully expressive and fully loving of themselves. So when they turn up on camera, they're very much kind of, hello, today I'm going to teach you about um, uh, 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 beliefs. <laughs> they the they're so worried. They've got such a large part of them worried about what will people think of me? Like that. If you can imagine your capacity for thinking, you only have so much. Okay. Your, your conscious capacity of thought only has so much. Let's say, let's give it a number. So let's say a hundred just because percentages seems nice. If I show up to do a Facebook Live, I am 100% as close as I possibly can to it, focused on how can I serve? How can I get the very best of me over to that person in a way that they receive it, um, or the highest likelihood that they will receive it? Listen to how I'm phrasing the outcomes. The highest likelihood that they can receive it. The highest, you know, the, the highest chance of them getting the result, getting the ability to get the result. I don't attach the actual result. I don't say I'm only doing this Facebook live. If everybody who watches it is blown away by my greatness. Cause you know, cause then it's about, then it's about me. When I make it about me, my ego is going to step in to protect me. If I make it about them, well then I don't need to worry because it's not about me. I'm just a facilitator. I'm a conduit of knowledge. I'm a conduit of wisdom. I'm a conduit of change. It's not really me because I can teach people how to do this. And I do. That my, part of my client work is not just changing them, but then teaching them how I did it. It's actually quite funny. A few uh, clients I've had have become mindset coaches, which is really funny. Um, I love it. Bigger the ripple, the better. But imagine if there was like uh, a scarcity attached to that. Oh my God, they're teaching what I teach. Okay, once again, I'm making that about me. That means, oh my God, they're teaching what I teach. So I won't be able to get what I want because they're going to get it instead. And that takes you into a whole, whole way of thinking, which is just corrosive. 
So, you know, yeah. showing up on a Facebook Live, you know, I'm going to make it about them. I'm going to make it about what do they need. I'm going to put my, my mind in where they are now and think, where are they? So like, I, I literally do it before a Facebook Live or before I write a post on, on social, uh, most of which is done through my profile. Um, although next year I may be switching across to my page, but that's for later. Every single time before I write a post, I make sure that I'm in the right place. I'm in the right state. Because if I'm in the wrong state, that's going to come through in my words um, without me realizing it. Mm-hmm. People don't realize, you know how you read some people's posts and they're just so dull. And you can tell that the person who wrote it was in a very low state when they wrote it. Mm-hmm. Most likely feeling like, oh, I have to do this. Okay. Oh, I need to get it right. Oh, I, uh, I've got to be careful about the wording that I use here. Yeah. But then look at the content that goes viral and it's somebody's rant. It's just a complete rant that makes no sense. It's got 17 different grammar, grammar mistakes uh, and 15 spelling mistakes. That person didn't give a shit. That person didn't care. They only cared about the message and the energy of the message as it went through. This is what I'm trying to convey. Yes, messaging is important. Yes, sales is important. Yes, marketing is important. But nowhere near, like the thing that gives it its juice is always going to be you. Always. Yeah. And you can tell. You can yeah. tell who's got the juice and who hasn't. Yeah, 100%. Well, this is, I, I, I experienced this myself. Like last year, I didn't write a post by myself and it was totally different energy. Like yeah. when anyone came across my profile and they connected with me, it's totally different way of communication. So I totally understand. Yeah. I already screwed up last year already. So this year I tried to make it better, be more me because I like to interview people. Therefore, I started this podcast. Um, yeah, it's been yeah. great. Um well, well that's, yeah. that's the other thing uh, to kind of highlight on your mentality when it comes to failures. Mm. That's another big one that a lot of people trip up on. I, I love failing. I, I, I love it. Because if you get something right first time, you probably won't learn, you won't learn anything. Um, chances are there are factors in there that came out of luck. <laughs> and, the next time, and the next time you won't get those factors. Like it just won't happen. Um, but when you fail, it's physically impossible to fail and not take some kind of lesson, mm. not necessarily always the right lesson, but some kind of lesson. Mm-hmm. So if you look at, at failures, which has this really big, heavy heaviness about it, this connotation about it. Oh, if I fail, then people will think I am and see how it comes back to identity. If I fail, then I'm proving that I'm not something or whatever if you look at your failures and go i'm really happy like i i learned that just how important it is to make sure that if someone does write content for me um to make sure they can capture my energy because they can take they can take my my knowledge i mean a lot of it's in my free guide which i believe you've already been kind enough to share the link for Someone can take that knowledge 
and then repurpose it or reteach it. But I almost certainly won't carry the energy that I carry in my posts. And because it doesn't carry the energy of it, it will miss the mark. Mm. Even in the way I'm, I'm explaining and I'm, I'm, I'm using my voice to explain certain things as we're having this conversation, everything I do has a reason. You know, I'll emphasize particular words and what that will do is it will allow your subconscious to pick up on things that your conscious mind will miss. Oh, I don't know what that is. I'm just listening. <laughs> ah, Okay. Oh, bless your foot. You're going into a trance. This is great. Um, this is funny. Okay. <laughs> okay. It's, it's brilliant. Um, so your conscious mind is there. It's analyzing. It's trying to learn. It's trying to pick up things and, and pick up new ideas. Your subconscious mind is filtering that new information. Mm. It's saying, how much of this are we going to keep? How much are we going to get rid of? How much are we going to just say, oh, I already know this. The ego loves to tell people that they already know it. Do you know why? Because when you already know, you don't need to listen anymore. And you can just stop. And the ego loves to make you lazy. It loves to make you just shut down and stop listening. Mm-hmm. And all that has to do to do that is I already know this. Or I think I know what it's going to say. Um, and, and the person never, they never actually listen and they never take it in. And so um, they never change. Yeah. I think anyone who listening until this now, they might have many um, life experience or life scenario that could resonate with like some example that you have raised up first. I bet. I hope so. Like, have so. to be at least like, especially those um, boarding room in your subconscious mind about each um, department that's crazy <laughs> I was like that's me <laughs> we, the, the whole idea the whole idea is that you are you are the boss and a lot of people uh, because they don't believe in themselves they would rather have the ego be the boss mm. rather uh, you know people their, their life is what they want and if they don't want the responsibility they'll make some other part of them the boss People who live in day-to-day anxiety have made fear the boss. People who live in um, you know, self-delusions or uh, this mentality of who am I to do that have made ego the boss. Now, ego and fear are very good at their jobs, but they can't run the show. They don't have the facility you have. Um, and it's like, it's like going on a car ride with children. Um, ego and fear are very, very similar to children in the way that they think and they, the way they operate in the mind. Now, if you go on a car ride with children, I, I have two girls myself, um, you don't lock the children in the trunk. You don't try to ignore your emotions and become very intellectual and move away from your emotions. You don't uh, also become super spiritual and so connected to the universe that you forget what it actually feels like in your own body. Um that's another avoidance mechanism that people have. Uh, people will go very intellectual, or very spiritual, very, very common mechanisms. You're laughing. <laughs> we have some resonance. Um, <laughs> you can't leave them at the side of the road. You can't leave children on the side of the road, apparently, um, when you go on your car ride and hope that they don't interfere with you. You just can't. 
they have to stay with you. And you don't want them driving either. Like I said, you don't want them in that driving seat. You need to decide where the car goes and how it moves. Um, if your ego and your fear is deciding it, then you can tell by people's behaviours. Um, you want them in the back seat, giving you input, speaking to you, but remaining safe where they are and happy where they are. Mm. I'll just finish off with one final thing about fear. If you really want to know if fear is driving you, uh, let's say you don't have anxiety uh, regularly, uh, don't have anxious thoughts regularly. It's very, very easy to note if someone is being driven by fear, whether they want to admit it or not. The way you find out is that if you're driven by fear, you will always, 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 always create the situation that you fear. Your behaviors will create the situation that you fear. Uh, because, you know, where uh, focus goes, energy flows, and all that good stuff. I'll give you an example. If I were to fear my business would go broke, well, how will my business go broke if people don't buy from me? If people don't buy from me, um, I fear that rejection. And so my, my fear and my ego is going to protect me from that rejection. And so it's not going to make me make any offers. It's not going to allow me to make any offers because it's trying to save me from rejection because I fear being rejected and going broke. Uh, if I don't make any offers, what's going to happen to my business? No sales. I'm, I'm going to get any sales and I'm going to go broke. Right. So fear indirectly will always create the situation that you fear oh i fear in relationships close to everything um i fear having my heart broken and feeling i oh know i feel being i fear being alone i fear being left alone and no one loving me okay <laughs> so you step out and you try and get into the dating scene but your fear and ego are there to protect you it's like okay you're going into the dating scene Here's a list, of, uh, uh, a list of all the risks that you're, you may come across because that's their job. Their job is to alert you to the risks, uh, not for you just to uh, like agree with them on as soon as you hear them, like most people do, but to hear the list anyway, because you're going to listen anyway, whether you like it or not. Here's a list of all the risks that you're going to have in the dating world. Uh, let's see, that person could break your heart. That person could cheat on you. That person, uh, there's something that uh, they're holding back. That person, oh, it just doesn't quite feel right. That person, um, oh, I don't really feel the spark. Now, fear and ego, a lot of the time, will dampen and kill the spark, even though it should be there. Because if there's a spark, get this, if there's a spark and it actually goes well, then you not only will gain it, but you'll also, you'll not only be falling back down to being alone, but you'll be falling from a higher height. Now you've had it and lost it. And it's what people do with their income as well. They get loads of income and then they go, then they crash and it goes below where it was before. Uh, it happens all the time. It's the ego making an overcorrection. So you don't, you don't make the mistake of going up again. So what happens? You push away good prospects. You attract or keep keep hold of narcissists and toxic people, uh, in which case it reaffirms that people are, people are dicks, essentially. Um, it reaffirms that belief. 
and if and if people are that, then they should be kept at arm's length, and you should be alone. Therefore, a fear of being alone ends you up being alone. Mm. If you're being, if you are being driven by a fear, you'll most likely be feeling that fear or in that situation right now. If you feel disconnected uh, uh, or a sense of loneliness, it's most likely a fear that you'll end up alone that's actually keeping you there. If you're able to release the fear, you'll get what you need. You'll get that feeling of belonging and connection. But you've got to be willing to release the fear. If you fear, if you if you release the fear of being broke, if you're like, you know what? Whether I have money or not, I can find happiness. I can find peace. I know who I am as a human being. Then money no longer has any influence over who I am as a person. And so now I'm free to earn money and have it mean nothing. Have it just be another resource, which another wonderful resource. Makes sense. Um, Makes yeah, real sense. Uh, people's feedback. If you fear rejection, you won't put yourself out there. But if you release that fear, if you say, I am who I am, no matter what anyone says, then there is no fear of rejection. And if there's no fear of rejection, once again, you're opening the doors to connect with people. I believe that these things are not something that will be able to change overnight. There might be someone that have to like understand. You'll be, surpri- you'll be surprised how fast. Yeah, you'll be surprised how fast it can change. Really, like like that? Yeah, pretty much. Oh, wow. You, what? The only thing that really needs to happen, whether it be me or with another expert and professional who does a, a holistic approach covering all aspects. Because uh, most people only focus on one or the other. They either focus on cognitive or they focus on somatic or they focus on spiritual or energetic or, you know, uh, habits and rituals. So they'll usually focus on one, maybe two. Um, the way I personally do it is is I focus on all aspects at the same time. So we get your your structures and your habits that are right for you as an individual person, uh, able to adapt as you grow. So it gives you that bit of leeway. You're not bound by a model and bound by a structure. It's the top-down approach, which is very much about the beliefs and the values and and the stories and uh, getting to the root cause, the root story, the root fear of what it is you're actually um, holding you back and holding you down. And then there's a somatic approach, which is the of the body. Uh, Soma literally means of the body, so that's your nervous system. That's the cells in your body holding on to trauma, uh, holding on to these lessons of if I open up, I'll be hurt. And that's being held in the body. So your conscious mind is like, I want to connect. And then there's this massive part of your body going, if I do, then we could die. Like, don't do that. And so it affects your behavior. So if you, you've got to fix that at the same time. The problem that a lot of people have is they'll do these things, but they'll do them individually. Mm. And the issue that comes with that is if you just work on beliefs and then you step away from beliefs and do spiritual or energetic, um, then what happens, the way the brain is is neuro-associated and it's all connected to everything, pardon me, it's all connected to everything, is sometimes that belief will come back. Mm. It will actually, it will find a way, find a justification, find a reaffirmation to rebuild itself. 
and you see this a lot you see people going to therapy going to coaching doing programs and they'll they'll do well and they'll get better and they'll and they'll feel great and then a month or two later and they're back in the old patterns again mm. and the reason for that is always 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 either i say it's always either it's they didn't really get to the root cause of it they were very they didn't quite get they were dealing with they healed the symptom and not the cause Mm -hmm. that's a that's a big one i see that a lot um you know people say oh the root cause of your problem is the fear of failure no it's not it's never a fear of failure nobody has a fear of failure it's it's rubbish you do not have a fear of failure you have a fear of what happens if you fail Mm. so if i fail then what and whatever you add after that is is either it or it's going to be connected to it if you keep following that thread if I fail, then the business fails. If the business fails, then it will lead to whatever. It will lead to whatever, and that will prove something about me, or that will prove something about my life, or that will um, mean something that I never, ever, ever could stand to have that thing become true. Mm. Does that make sense? So, oh, it's yeah. not really fear, so it's not really a fear of failure or a fear of rejection. It's actually what, what you fear, which is nine times out of ten, some level of abandonment or being alone or being unwanted or generally being unsafe. Generally speaking, that's, that's almost always what it is at the base level. But they're not sexy. You can't sell They're, they're very, very difficult to sell. Hi, I'll teach you how to become fully reassured and wantedness and connection um yeah they don't sell very well because people don't realize that that is what's going off and so when it comes to actually speaking about this what you'll see on my profile and 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 in my other content is i'll have i will always meet people where they are if they believe that it's a fear of failure fine let's talk about fear of failure but let's let's like let's get them to look at it in a different way Let's get them to look at that failure as a lesson. Let's get them to, to detach the meaning from life events. Oh, my husband or my wife is ignoring me. That means that they are whatever. Or that means that they think whatever. Uh, that prospect on the sales call said no. That means that I didn't do a good enough job selling it. That means that I'm not a good enough uh, person. That means that my offer is good. Like, it's usually the meanings that we attach to things that get us into trouble. It's not the actual situation. And once you detach from the situation and realize that isn't it, and you can have as many situations as you, as you want, then if you don't add any meaning, then how many situations could you have that would scare other people? And then how fast could you move from idea to decision, from decision to action? action to completion and completion to launch. How fast could that happen if there was nothing in the way causing resistance? No fear, no meanings. Right, <laughs> well then you've got to whoosh, straight through, right. So, but you have to become the person who would do that. Mm. And the person who would do that is someone who doesn't take meaning from the failure of the, or from the idea um, anticipating failure, you know, 10 miles down the road get rid of that you can move from idea to making a decision and get rid of the indecision 
if you understand the person's beliefs and values and the person understands their values, they understand and they're able to uh, change and cultivate their values that best serve them. Again, that makes decisions a lot easier. And we're just removing the resistance bit by bit by bit by bit by bit until they have this natural flow. I get an idea, I take the action, I move forward, I complete it, I complete it, I launch it, brilliant, on to the next. Whilst always enjoying the present moment and having connection with your present self, connection with people, um, and having that sense of belonging. So you're not always wrapped up in what could be and what will be, you obsessing about what was, but you can actually be in the present moment a lot more. And it doesn't take away from your vision and your motivation. That's amazing. So in case anyone want to get <laughs> a little bit reduced from there, how do you call it? Um, yeah. How can they get fast lanes and also follow you and learn more about your work? Where can they reach out to you or follow you then? Okay. So last question first, uh, like I said, I do everything on my personal profile. So, uh, and I've got an Instagram as well. I'll give you the links of those and they can be in the description, but pretty much anyone can search for me at Chris Richards, uh, on Facebook. Um, you can search for, uh, atomic growth. That's uh, one of the tags that will be attached to my name. Um, or you can search for rise to shine. Uh, that's my program. So, um, yeah, pretty much any of that will find me. I'm not, I'm not difficult to find online. Um, as for how they can make that process a lot faster, a lot slicker, a lot easier. But most of all, people are after fast way too much, in my opinion. Lighter. My whole mentality is, what's the point if you're not enjoying it? What is the point if everything, if you're, if you're getting all these things, getting the results, making all the money, and you just feel heavy? What's the point? This whole life is meant to be enjoyed. Yes, have all the success. Yes, do all those wonderful things. But enjoy your life. Like, enjoy the journey. So as well as being able to move fast and achieve great things, a big portion of what I teach and how I teach it is geared around enjoying the journey. Gen genuinely loving yourself and loving the journey as you go on. That's what I'm about. Uh, and for that, um, very quickly, like I said, there's, there's four main areas that I work with. So I'll work with the rituals. This is rise, by the way. Ah, rituals. So your rituals, your habits, your structures, your day-to-day -day accountability. Uh, eyes, your identity, the inside version of you, the internal picture of who you are and who you're not. Uh, S is the somatic, so the the physical body, new um, nervous system uh, attunement that will either make you or break you, either hold you back or, or completely free you and, and have you feeling this feeling of safety and energy. Uh, and the E is energy. So not so much the spiritual sense, and there's nothing wrong with that. Energy in where your energy comes from. Are, you, are your rituals giving you energy? Are your, is your identity feeding you energy? And these aren't individual isolated pillars. These all connect with each other. That's what I'm saying. You can't just do one and say, oh, I've got that. I've got that. I'm pretty much fine. I just need those two pieces. No, 
you need all four at the same time. Otherwise, the other three will will reverse the fourth. Mm-hmm. So you need all four at the same time. The energetics, the nutrition, the fitness, the physical body uh, needs to be, and sleep. Sleep is huge. You want to make more money? Have more sleep. <laughs> Great piece of advice right there. If you want to make more money, have turn your damn alarm clock off. Have more sleep because if you're not sleeping right, your cognitive function is down, your cortisol levels are up, your stress is, uh, hormone is a lot higher. If you're stressed, your IQ goes down. If your IQ goes down and your and your thinking capacity goes down, you're not going to be making decisions very quickly, uh, or, or you're not going to be, feel the emotion with the decisions. It's going to feel very lethargic, very heavy. Honestly, you want more money, get more sleep. Um, nutrition, fitness, and and general vibe of energy is the last part of energy, which is just that general kind of how you feel and how you allow yourself to feel. Like right now, I'm, I'm quite hyped, but I can flick a switch in my head and just, ah, and just completely mellow out. And I teach this to my clients. And they're like, oh my God, what the hell did you just do to me? And I'm like, pretty cool, huh? Now you flick the switch. And she's like, okay. And, and she flicks the switch. She's like, I feel so relaxed right now. That's <laughs> so cool. So being able to flick that switch and go from action to relax, uh, relaxation and then back to action again whenever you need to. Which gives you, again, way more. If you're cutting the time, uh, cutting the time and the effort between moving from one thing to another, then again, you become just this more efficient, more effective person, let alone leader. Yeah, amazing. If anyone wants to learn more, just follow Chris Richards right here. Um, all the links will be in the description. And thank you so much for joining Get Unstuck Radio, Chris. It's my absolute pleasure. Thank you for having me. I hope this episode inspires you to get unstuck wherever you are in your journey so that you can have your business that supports your lifestyle. Get a show notes at helpyougetunstuck.com today. Start implementing what you have learned. The results of your consistent effort and improvement are worth it because you deserve the freedom to enjoy your life. Speak to you next time and don't forget to get unstuck.